You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. preview room, uh, part of Variety Children's Charity. Um, for those of you who are new to the event, we've been doing it for about two, well, two years here, uh, a couple years before that at New College, and we are delighted <laughs> that we're continuing here for the third year, hopefully fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, however long Terry's willing to stick it out. Um, I'm a board, my name's Rena Weissman, I'm a board member with Variety Children's Charity. Um, the program SF and SF, uh, we do our monthly authors reading that you're here for tonight. We also do a monthly science fiction fantasy double feature. Next week, next Saturday, starting at six, we'll be showing Kung Fu Panda and WALL-E. A blatant attempt to bring kids into <laughs> the program, but the adults will enjoy it too. And that's done once a month as well. All the information about the program's online at sfnsf.org, ably run for us by our webmistress Cheryl Morgan. Um, we have books on sale, books for sale tonight, courtesy of Borderlands Books. They're here for every author's event as well, featuring books by the authors that'll be reading. Um, and the entire program's underwritten by Tachyon Publications um, and my husband Jacob Weissman. And their local uh, sci-fi, uh, fantasy, uh, independent publisher going on their 14th year, 13th year. It's been so long, I've forgotten. So, And uh, tonight, uh, we have our able moderator, author Terry Bisson here. Take it away. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, folks. Uh, we are very glad to start the year off again with a fairly high literary level and a very interesting level. Um, the two writers we've got tonight, but we'll save all that for the discussion after and just begin with um, with our reading. I, uh, as always, I want to ask people to be sure and turn on your cell phones in case you get a better offer. And <laughs> our first reader tonight is a local guy, although he started out like Buddy Holly in Lubbock, Texas, I think many that years ago, correct. and then like Bill Gibson went to Canada, and then like Corey Doctorow came back here, and so I don't know how to describe him, except I know him, I know this guy is a novelist. He kind of hit the ground running about uh, 10 or 15 years ago with um, some books called The Mockingbird, Resurrection Man, uh, and his, he's, was a critically acclaimed and successful mid-list science fiction writer up through uh, Galveston, which won the World Fantasy Award, and at this point, he's, he's gotten into some slightly different material, which I don't quite understand, which I think is, <laughs> why are you laughing? Uh, it's just Samuel Delaney all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, but we'll talk about all this after the reading is over, and right now, it gives me great pleasure to introduce a friend, a colleague, and a writer I admire, Sean Stewart. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate being asked to be here, and I appreciate. Uh, you were told to be here. <laughs> I really appreciate being told to be here, <laughs> and I appreciate uh, Terry's kind words, and also uh, 
Jacob and Rena have been extremely kind to me for many, many years, um, and I'm glad to have a chance to let them be kind to me again. So <laughs> this is a relationship that's working out well for me. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of setup on this reading because uh, it's required. The first thing I should say is um, two years ago, uh, well, longer than that ago, I got involved with a certain kind of online storytelling. Um, I worked on a project which spawned a subgenre of things called alternate reality games. And these are big online stories that play out across websites and that call you on your phone and that write you email and that send you faxes back when faxes were, does anyone remember? Yeah. Um, back when there were faxes, we sent them. So the idea that it's a kind of storytelling that's blind to platform and that arises naturally out of the internet. Two years ago, um, we were approached, myself and uh, my friend Ilan Lee, who's been the designer on these things that we've worked on together, were approached by um, a guy named Trent Reznor, who is de facto um, a band called Nine Inch Nails. And uh, Trent Reznor was coming out with an album called Year Zero, and he said, I want you guys to make the world of Year Zero. So it was a very interesting challenge to not only get across uh, Trent's political vision and his sort of science fiction story beating in his brain, but to have a very unusual opportunity for a writer, which is frequently filmmakers will come to a composer and say, write me a score for this film. But in this case, I had an album and I was asked to essentially score it with words and stories um, that would build out the world in that Trent was trying to get across. Small parenthetical comment. I don't know how many of you know Nine Inch Nails. There will be cussing in this piece. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> nothing terribly vulgar or violent or sexual will happen, but there will be cussing, so if that's a problem, please accept my apology. Um, uh, and you won't get that offer from Trent Reznor. So uh, <laughs> moving right along. Uh, Year Zero was a concept um, of Trent's in which he imagined essentially an apocalyptic vision of the Bush-style presidency 15 years into the future, getting ever more right-wing and ever more authoritarian and doing ever more ecological damage until at some point some cosmic balance was tripped and we were visited by an alien or a god or a who knows what the hell it is called the presence, which would manifest itself as a giant hand coming out of the sky and presaged who knows what, maybe an apocalypse, maybe the end of the world, maybe not. No one knows for sure, but Year Zero, the album, is set at the moment where we've gone so far down the path that in some senses, whatever the stewards are, kind or unkind, uh, uh, we're being called to task for what we've done. So a fair amount of the Year Zero world that we built out over 30 or 40 different websites and stories and experiences um, has is told from the point of view of various sort of angry leftist 
revolutionaries, um, which accurately reflects a lot of where Trent was coming from and a lot of so songs on the album. But the last third of the album is also um, in parts heartbreakingly beautiful and very elegiac. And I realized as we were coming up to the end of the Year Zero experience that I had not written anything which spoke both from the other side. There were no characters sort of defending the evil status quo or even representing them as just ordinary people. And secondly, there was nothing that hit that elegiac tone. So the last piece written for the Year Zero um, concept album is uh, called Hour of Arrival and can be found on an internet near you at hourofarrival.net. So I'm going to read you just the text from that. Um, periodically, it will refer to pictures. You can't see the pictures because they're on the website. It's not going to make a big difference. Sorry about all the preamble. <sighs> With me so far, ready to plunge into a grim dystopian apocalypse? OK. The premise of Year Zero is that everything we built dropped through the internet of 2022 at 4.37 AM on the morning of February 10th um, and fell onto the internet of 2007. So every piece is what was going through the system at that instant. This is one of the things that was passing through the backbone of the internet at that moment. February 10th, year zero. The news crawl on this computer is reporting a presence sighting over Minneapolis. Dear Danny, or Jane, I just got off the phone with your Aunt Chrissy. She's at the hospital with your mom. She says you aren't in any hurry to come into the world just yet. I don't blame you. The trouble is, kiddo, I'm beginning to think you and I are not destined to meet. Here's your mom, the day we were married. Wasn't she beautiful? So, Jane, or Danny, if you turn out to be a boy. It's just past 3 AM for you in Denver, 5 o'clock in the morning here in Washington. Almost dawn. Danny Jane, it isn't the safest world you're coming into. That's my fault, I guess. I work for the government, and my job is to make you safe. Well, lots of people, I suppose, but tonight you're the only one I care about. This is my brother, Paul. He would have been your uncle, but some bad people blew up Los Angeles, which used to be a city with palm trees and Disneyland. And Paul joined the army. His helicopter got shot down in Yemen a few years ago. 13 years I've been trying to make things safe, and somehow things are always getting worse. I can't tell you how ashamed I am. This is a picture of your Aunt Chrissy with one of her many asshole boyfriends, <laughs> the kind who's always talking about making the world a better place but never getting a job. The last time I stayed at Chrissy's place, this guy threw beer on me. I didn't give a shit about the beer, but I was so pissed off with him lying on the couch all day, except for band rehearsals, that I passed along a tip about his group to the FBI. A few months later, the boyfriend disappeared, and of course, Chrissy hated me. I mean, what was easier for her? Believing he left her for the next good lay who wouldn't nag him about the rent? Or believing he was a resistance hero, spirited off to Guam by my fascist minions? 
I was supposed to be there with your mom tonight to see you into the world. But work, you know, well, I'm sure she's not surprised. I think she learned a long time ago that work's just another word for broken promises. When I was a boy, my dad showed me how to catch a cricket in my cupped hands. He'd let me hold it for a few seconds just to feel it flick and flutter against my palms. Three months ago, that's what you were like. There was a little more room back then, and you'd be tumbling and flipping about. You were so active. And your mother would grab my hand and put it on her belly and say, see, and I could feel you moving in there, bumping and fluttering against my hand. I had this joke all planned out for today. After you were born, the nurses would see how active you are and how alert, and they would say something like, I don't know, look at this kid checking out the room. And I was going to say, this baby wasn't born yesterday, you know. <laughs> More present sightings. Honolulu, Amritsar, Hokkaido, Helsinki. I was supposed to be there with you, but the president called me to Washington to talk about the presence. What is the presence? Why, the presence is the first thing you will see, Danny Jane. You will be pushed out of your warm bed and beaten and squashed and finally cast out into the cold, into the outer darkness is what the Bible calls it. And your mother will be crying with the pain of bearing you and a huge hand will come down from the sky and cut you from her. Only unlike us, you are never to blame. The presence seen in Riyadh this hour and Rouen, Crete, Saigon, Lesser Slave Lake up in Alberta, twice in Jamaica in the space of a few minutes, Sao Paulo, Reykjavik, suburbs of Auckland. And it's beginning to look very much like the end. Here's what Daddy was working on until about 45 minutes ago. It's a chart of present sightings, and there's a word called asymptotic. I got this far and looked at it and left my computer. I got a little bottle of scotch from the mini bar in my hotel room and looked out the window at Washington and thought of you. You and your mother, so far away. The goddamn presence? What is this fucking thing, Doug? Some kind of weather phenomenon? Uh, no, Mr. President, we don't believe so. A weapon? Uh, no, Mr. President, not as far as we know. Certainly not one of ours. Russian, Syrian, Chinese? Well, Mr. President, we can't say for sure, but you boys have fucked up before, Doug. Yes, sir, I know that. But gotta wipe their asses with the left hands these days like Arabs for not being able to find fucking toilet paper, Doug. Yes, that's right, Danny Jane. The President of the United States calls me by my very first name. That's how important your father is. Military intelligence has been reported the presence in North Africa every day for the last six days. Sometimes the Syrian militias shoot at it, thinking it must be some weapon of our devising. They will realize soon enough that it isn't war. It's the end of all our wars. Maybe the end of us one way or another. I haven't slept in three days. Every time I close my eyes, I see a giant hand reaching from the sky, and things seem terribly precious. This is the house where I grew up. I guess it's nothing special, but I wanted you to see it. 
When the presents came for the first few days, we didn't know what to do. We upped the parapet in the water near every sighting just to keep people from panicking, you know. We thought maybe it was a weapon or the weather or some fucking subversive prank. Those little street corner shitheads give them a spray paint can and they think they're fucking Zorro. While I spend my days sending agents out to die so they don't have to pray to Mecca five times a day. Flashback, yesterday. I'm taking the train into work. This girl gets on, 25 maybe. Square glasses, jean jacket, and a black skirt. No stockings. A scorpion tattooed on her calf. Full of life. When the train got to her station, the doors hissed open, and she turned and looked over her shoulder at me and smiled, and I smiled back. She gave me the finger. Fuck you, old man. Fuck you, Washington pig. Fuck you because you like the way I look, but you're wearing slacks and a belt. Fuck you because there's a logo on your briefcase. You're them. You're the enemy. And of course, you can't say all I ever wanted to do is to keep you safe. But if she got on a train in fucking Syria in that getup, they'd cut off her hands. None of Aunt Chrissy's friends want to hear that. They're full of liberal righteousness, which means that it's better to let foreigners rot in hell than to lift a finger to save them and be thought a bully. Chrissy likes to think all our wars are about oil. It makes the world simple for her because if it's all just greedy tycoons somewhere, there are no hard choices and she never has to be a bad guy. I have a master's degree in political economics from Yale. She has an arts degree from a city college. I spend 12 and 14 hour days going through State Department briefs, CIA analysis papers, raw and edited surveillance footage, agent reports, and satellite data. She reads liberal blogs and lectures me on the state of the world every time we meet. Am I aware of the cost of the Syrian campaign? I keep waiting for her to realize her own colossal arrogance, but it never happens. In Chrissy's world, facts don't matter and hard choices don't exist. Policies are basically like rock bands. Mine is cool, yours sucks. And if mainstream people like it, it sucks ass. This is your grandpa from before the stroke. We didn't agree on one damn thing. I wish you could have met him then, before the wheelchair and the feeding tubes and before he was just a hideous chore in a nursing home. My dad was kind and gentle and let people walk all over him, and I hated that. I guess now I wish I had been kinder when I had the chance. This is your grandma. Sometimes she looks at me, and I can see her searching in my face for the boy she knew, and I feel ashamed. Boise, Istanbul, Cape Town, Macau, Buenos Aires, Munster, Brisbane. Isolated reports of the presence coming in from California ranger stations high up in the Sierras. So we were in a place called the Situation Room, the president and all the consortium hotshots, everybody spinning and spinning. Blame it on the Arabs, blame it on the Indians, blame it on the dissidents. And I just listened to them talk. It was like dogs barking, Danny Jane, crows screeching. The time for blame is over. The time for Arabs and dissidents and miners and strikers and soldiers and business and anything but mercy. 
We tried to make the world safe for you, Danny Jane, but we tried all the wrong things and nothing worked. The sky is full of terror and the world is falling down. We tried and we failed, but we did not mean it to end this way. I swear it to you. I swear it to you. Listen carefully. You can't pack a good snowball with mittens on. The rule of threes will make grade school math easy for you if mom remembers to teach it to you. Never answer chain letters, but always make a wish when you blow out the candles on your birthday cake. Tell Aunt Chrissy I love her in spite of everything and tell your mom, tell your mom I was wrong about not getting a cat. And all those times I told her I didn't care about her first gray hairs, I was not lying. And I should have laughed more at her jokes. It's so stupid, Danny Jane. We get, we get scared and our hearts dry up. Don't be scared. Please, God, let me get home safe tomorrow, and I swear I will quit my stupid government job and do nothing but fill you up with courage. I will take spiders out of the house for you and buy you roller skates and teach you how to catch crickets with your bare hands. Bangkok, Antwerp, Plano, Heidelberg, Beirut and Tel Aviv, St. Petersburg, Lhasa, Bangalore, Seoul, Portland, Plymouth. Faster and faster, the city's pouring in and the great hand playing like lightning over the face of the world. Happy birthday, Danny Jane. And when they pull you squalling into life, you yell and you keep yelling. Love as hard as you can, as long as you can. And when that big hand comes down for you, nothing else will matter anymore. At the end, and this is what I've learned, and I don't know why it took so long. At the end, everything dissolves. At the end, everything you thought mattered, it burns away, and all that's left is love and ashes. It's here. Oh my God, DJ, it's over the Capitol. Oh my God. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. The stars are blowing out like candles, Danny Jane. Make a wish. Make a wish. Make a wish. Make a wish. Make a... You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs>